We're back, Will. The people, they, they need us. Well, they need you mostly. Nah. Did you know this? No, I, I I've been bombarded. Comments. Willie do for president of the United States of America. Well, I appreciate that. I don't think I have the credentials, but I can give it a shot. I think so. I mean, you know, how yeah. hard can it be? Not that hard. Uh, it's probably very Trump. difficult and terrible, <laughs> and I don't recommend it. Well, I think we're better off over here. Yeah, I, I like I like Canada. We're here. We're we're subterranean. A lot of people don't know this studio. It's underground, four hundred feet underground. Like a, a lot bunker. of people don't know that. Yeah. So it's been a lot of Huawei talk going on lately, and it kind of has to be, as far as I can tell. I mean, there's no way around it, and. That's because it is affecting so many, like I've never, it's just, uh, it's so intense. And the, the potential consequences here are catastrophic, potentially catastrophic. Mm -hmm. If on the surface, it's just a simple little dispute. It's just a little... Uh, miscommunication on the surface, but then you you keep traveling deeper down, and you're like, oh my god, we're talking about rare earths. Are we talking about politics? What's going on, man? And it, the truth is, that is what's going on. Us tech fans over in the corner, you know, usually that's where they used to keep us, and then now the stuff we're interested in has found itself right in the center of this trade situation. And I'm going to get to this story in a second that Will has on, on the TV. There's a potentially veiled threat regarding rare earth minerals. Rare earths. See how I did that? It's plural. Rare earths. Anyway, um, I'm going to get there in a minute. This has a lot to do with the technology industry and there's a potential impact on the technology industry here. But I've been really paying a lot of attention to some of the news coming out of the interviews that the Huawei CEO has given recently. And this one that I found this morning on 9to5Mac is kind of uh, is interesting to me. Huawei CEO rejects Chinese retaliation against Apple. His quote Apple is my teacher. Now, when I saw that headline, I was like, you know, I got to, what quote are they talking about specifically? I want to see the context. Could he really say it like that? I mean, obviously, smartphone marketplace, very hyper-competitive place. I mean, you can't even imagine Tim Cook uttering the word Huawei. You can't imagine it, Will. A universe in which he even recognizes they exist. I mean, even in private, he's probably even careful. Yeah. And, you know, even if he was going to say it, he probably wouldn't pronounce the H. <laughs> He'd probably go, just go right to the Huawei. Yeah. Because he wouldn't be able to get the... <laughs> Huawei. That's what you're supposed to do. Did you know that? I got to remind myself to keep doing it when I reference the brand because that's the correct way, Huawei. Even though for me as an English speaker, that's an odd combination of noises. Can you say it again? Huawei. 
Huawei. Huawei. You unload your lungs? Yeah. No, I mean, I'm in trouble, obviously, as you can tell. Anyway, back to the topic at hand. This is a humble thing to do, right? Uh, He doesn't have to come out and say this. Like, everything is tattered right now, all these relationships and... The whole, I mean, all these restrictions and answering questions and trying to run your company and everyone's coming to you for answers. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to send a compliment into the universe to Apple as my teacher. So the question, some speculate China might retaliate against the ban of Huawei, which may widen to include some of its most promising AI firms. By in turn barring America's largest corporations from its own markets, Apple Inc. could relinquish nearly a third of its profit if China banned its products, Goldman Sachs analysts estimate. Interestingly there, on a little sidetrack, Goldman Sachs, the financial company that's backing the Apple credit card. They're also, they're doing this analysis. They're worried. They're like, hey, we're partners now. We need that China money as well. We'll take a few dollars. Ren, the CEO, the president of Huawei said he would object to any Chinese retaliation against Apple. That will not happen, first of all. And second of all, if that happens, I'll be the first to protest, Ren said in the interview. Apple is my teacher. It's in the lead. As a student, why go against my teacher? Never. You see that, Will? It's very honorable. Is this like a Star Wars moment? It's a Yoda, Darth Vader, Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> you pause there for a second. You got it right. Uh, Good job. Who else is involved in there? Am I missing anyone? Who, who went against the teacher? Somebody did. Who went against the teacher? Did Luke go against Yoda at some point? No. No, he gave him a hard time. Gave him a hard Just time. Just a little bit. Just a hard time. But uh, anyhow, somebody went against something. Vader, I guess, but Vader went... Oh, Vader went against the teacher. Vader went against... Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon. Yeah. Willie do. Bringing the heat today, man. What'd you have? A coffee? Liam Neeson. What'd you do? Did you have uh, an Advil cold in sinus this morning? Is that what it was? Um, yeah. You did? I had an Advil. Yeah. So that's what did pretty good. It. That brought your uh, that brought out your A game, yeah. and we're all benefiting now. So, what a thing to say for a corporate giant like this guy, and a company that's obviously in a dead heat with Apple in terms of smartphone shipments. I mean, these guys they're battling will, and to come out and say something like this. Now, granted, we've talked in the past about how some of their products do seem to be sort of Apple iterative, particularly the MateBook, which we referenced in a recent video. But still, to just come out and say it, they're my teacher, they're in the lead as a student. I'll never go against my teacher. Wow. Now, the other thing that happens here, through this statement and this interview, what you kind of come to find out is that even this guy, Ren Shangfei, he's a business guy. Like, he doesn't appear to uphold the political agenda or be interested in the political agenda. And his statement on the matter is that his business, other businesses should be perceived as businesses specifically. 
and to not be uh, tasked with any kind of political agenda. Ren Shengfei says that neither company should be held responsible for the actions of their country's governments, that politics and business are separate, and that he would personally refuse to even talk to President Trump. So we mentioned this in the previous episode. He said he will not pick up the phone if Trump tried to call him, and he views the two things independently. Now, you could say, hey, that's a convenient way to absolve yourself of any kind of involvement, but... That's going to be up to your judgment. You can watch the interview. You could try to get a glimpse into uh, how you want to read this situation. But he is obviously trying to distance himself from the political narrative. And this particular comment, this complimentary com comment about Apple specifically, I think it's indicative of a, of a mindset. And I don't mind it. I, I kind of like it, in fact. It's, like I said, it's a, it's a, it's a humble it's a humble point of view to come out and say that publicly. His quote on Trump, if Trump calls, I will ignore him. Then, to whom can he negotiate with? If he calls me, I may not answer. But he doesn't have my number. You see that, Well, He doesn't have my number. That's the, that's the ultimate big time. It's like, yeah, he can try to call me. He doesn't have my number, you know? That happened recently in the NBA. Kevin Durant was mad at an analyst because he went on and he was like, you know, talking about Kevin Durant. And he was like, yeah, we, you know, we message back and forth. And then Durant came on Twitter and said, you don't have my number. And then the dude was like, DMs, text, it's all the same. Don't, you know, get into the, into the little details there about how we messaged each other. But Durant wanted to make it clear that the analyst, Chris Broussard, did not have his phone number. So it was a bit of banter back and forth, by the way. Anyway, speaking of Kevin Durant, he's not going to be playing game one against the Raptors. So mm. we all got to be pretty happy about that. That's Thursday night. Let's go Raptors. Anyhow, I like this comment. It's an interesting one. Is it a move of some kind? Maybe. But it, 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 this is all about how you want to perceive it. Either on one side, you take the glass half-empty approach and you say, no, nah, he's just saying what he needs to say to have his best shot at continuing business. Okay, yeah, that's one way to look at it. On the flip side, with the, with the optimistic viewpoint, did I say half full, half empty? Anyway, you get where I'm coming from here. On the optimistic side, you could say, this is a real business guy. This is a real technology enthusiast. He's giving credit where credit's due. He really just wants to continue on his business. So you, you pick, you select, but anyhow, Apple is my teacher, his words. Pretty amazing. Now, we can have all the warm and fuzzy feelings we want after, about that, but there's still stuff going on. The politics, they don't, the politics don't care. Trade, trade, war, doesn't care. China appears to make veiled threat about rare earth minerals crucial to the U.S. technology industry. So we talked about rare earths. It's been ongoing. This, appear, uh, this appears to be an area in which China can bite back, as one might bite an apple, in fact, will. Uh, China produces the vast majority of the world's rare earths, and uh, they, could, they could slow down some economic progress in changing the way in which those rare earths are exported and the contracts that exist for the fulfillment of those rare earths. A Chinese official warned that products using China's rare earth minerals should not be used 
against China's development. The comment from the official from the Chinese Economic Planning Agency was seen as a veiled threat aimed at the U.S. and its technology industry. So these rare earths, these minerals are important components in the technology business. Of course, many of those businesses located in the United States not having access to this stuff could make their lives a little bit more difficult. The question is, how difficult, how big of an impact? Well, according to The Verge, rare earth elements aren't the secret weapon China thinks they are. Despite the name, they say rare earths just aren't that rare. I just, that's their subtext. It's their subheadline. I mean, how do you read it any other way than that? Because that's the way it sounds in my head when I see a headline like that. Yeah, I can't go into the news Kirk's shaking his head. He's right. It's terrible. Anyhow, yeah, it's not so much about them being rare. They're pretty rare. They're not as rare as like diamonds or gold or something. But the real trouble is in getting them. The process in which you get them is kind of messy. Most countries don't want to do it. Up until about 1990, it was the U.S. that was doing the majority of it at the, uh, in California, I believe. And then at some point, China was like, you know, we'll do it, do a good job of it for less, and you're just going to buy it from us. Now, reading through this article on The Verge, there's this really amazing, this really amazing term. Rare earth elements are sometimes described as the vitamins of chemistry. And we were chatting about this before we started broadcasting. Vitamins, the vitamins of chemistry. Just let that sit for a minute. You see that? It could, that could be your next band name. That could be your new blog, if there's still a thing as such a thing as blogs. It could be uh, your an email address. It could be your hotmail address. Vitamins of chemistry at hotmail.com. You see that? You see what I'm you see how that goes? Well. Anyway, so there seems to be a bit of a disagreement here amongst the news people, reporters journalists about how big of a deal this rare earths situation is and whether or not th those substances could be could be uh, produced or or exported from other places or if the US could just <clears throat> could just do this themselves uh, it seems to be based on a couple of articles that I I've read here it seems to be that yes this would be a headache absolutely it would be a headache because of the efficiency with which China is producing this stuff and the contracts that are currently in place and just the flow of product that currently exists. But not impossible. This material is out there. It's, it's, it's in the planet. And someone somewhere will find a way to meet the new demand if China cuts off the rare earth faucet. So anyhow, maybe, maybe it's not the... Maybe it isn't the secret weapon China's looking for. I don't really know. It's all unfortunate. Every, who's looking, you know, trade wars? It's all unfortunate. Who knows how it's going to shake out? Now, speaking again of Apple, because we referenced in, a, in the opening story there about, about Apple. Apple did something really weird today. Uh, they refreshed the iPod Touch. I put out a tweet. The tweet just said iPod Touch. Well, I just wanted to see what people, you know, were up to. It's, uh, you'll see the tweet at the top. Just scroll down a little bit there. On the Unbox Therapy Twitter. Just iPod Touch. You see? <laughs> and the response is kind of interesting. I mean, people didn't really know what to do with it. I didn't really know what to do with it. I saw the announcement. All I could think is, 
what am I supposed to think? 2019, iPod Touch is still a thing. It's pretty wild. I don't know who's buying this. I don't know who this is for. Unless it's some person who just, just really wants to boycott the idea of an always-on connection, of a cellular connection, of a phone. Like, or maybe for a kid. But even kids get got phones these days. So it's all very confusing. It's got a new processor. It's got the iPhone 7's processor in it. It's faster. There's a 256 gig storage option. But from the front, it still looks very old-fashioned. You have the, the chin and the forehead, which we haven't seen in a while now. And it's still there, still healthy. Uh, it's going to start at 199 bucks and go up to 399 Maybe you make, if you make apps for iOS, here's a nice little test device. You don't want to buy a whole iPhone. You can get a $200 32-gig model and essentially have a full-fledged iOS device for about as cheap as you can have in your pocket. Maybe that's the angle. I don't, I mean, how many of those people are out there? I just, uh, maybe the arcade gaming subscription service that's coming out. As a game device, as a cheap game device, for someone you don't want to give a phone to, it's all, it's, I don't, Will, Will, help me out here. What is this thing doing in 2019? What if it's uh, for people who maybe have a dumb phone, but they do want like an MP3 player? Um, yeah. Yeah, but, 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 Will, starting at, 199 going up to 400 bucks you're in phone territory what is it a cost thing or maybe it's just too complicated for them like for the phone but this thing like... is like running a phone the only difference is you don't have the phone icon it is yeah it's exactly the same without the phone icon yeah i don't know i don't know i, I can't make a well you didn't help us out there at all okay here. yeah we're looking for help here someone in the comments is going to tell us why this thing should still exist but i think the majority are going to be surprised that it, it, it's it's been uh, rehashed in any kind of new way at all that it's still on the site and they're not putting it to bed yet. Part, you know what I think it is, Will? I don't think they want to put the word iPod to bed yet because it's just such an origin story, such a such a word, isn't it? It was such a critical piece of the eventual iPhone, iconic iPod. Guys, can you really? Because if you kill this one, you've effectively killed all of them. It's over, right? This is the last standing. It's the last man standing as far as iPods are concerned. And maybe they just want to keep it around. Just a uh, historical reminder in the product lineup. I don't know. I can't think of anything else. It's, it's, very, uh, it's a complicated one. You let me know in the comments why the iPod Touch should still exist. I'm confused. Qualcomm and Lenovo reveal the world's first 5G laptop. So there's a show going on in Taipei, in Taiwan. Well, it's uh, Computex. Computex. Computex is going on. So there's a lot of announcements, particularly in the laptop segment. This is the first of the two that I want to talk about. Uh, this is a, you know, I'm a fan of Lenovo laptops, obviously. Um, got the X1 Carbon. Talk about it way too much. Anyhow, this is a, this is a more, even more mobile type of setup without intel processor in, in, in it at all instead it's got some super high-end snapdragon chip a mobile chip that again from qualcomm a brand you would typically see their their chips inside of smartphones it's called the 8cx platform and it's what the chip maker is calling the most extreme snapdragon ever so super fast snapdragon 
And then that comes along with 5G capabilities. So that will make this the world's first 5G laptop. So it's got a typical, it's got a traditional 5G uh, laptop form factor. It just has 5G built into it. Is it running Windows? Is it running Windows? That is a fantastic question, Will. It would be, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Windows 10 on yeah, ARM. Yeah, Windows 10 on ARM. Yeah, so you can you can, you can can run Windows 10 on ARM now. This is like the first chip that, like Snapdragon running Windows. Is it or no? Um, Has so far been a massive disappointment in terms of delivering that always-on, always-connected PC promise. Fortunately, Qualcomm and Lenovo have until next year to iron out the kink. So mm. it's not smooth sailing yet. Windows on ARM, but apparently, you know, people are optimistic that they're going to get it figured out. These mobile chips are getting far more powerful and more prominent, so you have to believe it should be a focus of both Microsoft and Qualcomm to figure this out in the next year. Apparently, this thing isn't going to roll out until 2020, but the proof of concept is there in always-on, always-connected, laptop-style device, Working at 5G, it's a futuristic proposal. It is. It's pretty yeah, cool. Definitely. Now, another uh, announcement in the laptop department, HP Envy's laptop, HP's Envy laptop, gets a new wood option. This, You know what? You guys know I love wood. I mean, look at this desk I'm sitting at, Will. You ever seen a piece of wood like this before? <laughs> On a tree, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, pretty much. Not Only on if you're desk. if you're if it's you're staring a pretty, at a tree that's I don't even know how old this is. I mean it's a big desk. For people who don't know, it's a really long, giant desk. It's like eight feet or something. It's yeah. the newest edition. I I love sitting here. It's uh I'm grounded, I'm connected to the earth in a way. Uh the smell. It's a whole experience. It's mm-hmm. very motivating. Anyhow. It can also be in your laptop. I mean, not this entire desk, but a little uh, veneer, a a real wood veneer on your two-in-one Spectre folio from HP. How cool is that? I mean, we've seen wood make its way into consumer electronics in a sort of minimal way. I remember way back in the day, I did a video on a wooden keyboard, which which honestly was, was not the best implementation. But on the Envy that you were just looking at, they to put the wood portion, smooth wood portion on the deck where your wrists go so you get to interact with the wood texture. I mean, that's just, that's kind of a nice little thing going on there. The old and the new, the real life material, the uh, organic material merged together with the manufactured, the plastics that we're used to. The metals, I love this kind of thing. You know, leather, wood, that's what I'm about. Leather and wood. So anyhow, it is bizarre that HP is the experimental one. They're the old school laptop brand, but they're experimenting with finishes and I love it. It's harder to differentiate just like all the other stuff in tech with smartphones and whatnot. And they're like, hey, pick your, don't just pick your color, pick your finish now, pick your material. So there's going to be different types of wood finishes and the variants will be available on the MV13, HP MV17, HP MV X360 13 and HP MV X360 15 models. Buyers can pick from walnut and birch finishes 
in colors including black, white, silver, and natural wood tones. So HP is, uh, they're finding an unusual way to reach a new customer. Uh, I don't know if it's enough to make me a customer, but I love to see it. I find it to be very exciting. It's, uh, I like for these, I like anytime these objects, these gadgets that exist in our lives can differentiate themselves in some significant way. So it just doesn't look like another one of the thing that you've already seen a billion times. But instead it's like, oh, that's a, you got a wood laptop. Very cool. Samsung, uh, they've come out with a new power controller chip to support 100 watt fast charging. So if you're not familiar, right now, the S10 5G, the highest end Galaxy S10, supports 25 watts of power, which is a tremendous amount of power. But they just put out this controller chip for Type-C power delivery at 100 watts, four times that of the current max 25 watts of power. So this should be obvious what this could potentially mean. Incredibly fast power delivery and recharge, unlike anything we've ever seen before, and in a safe fashion, presumably. This is a tough thing to do to effectively deliver this much power. There's a little diagram there for those that are interested on the article. Will's showing it off right now. and uh, But this is actually a, quite, a, quite a cool thing for, uh, for smartphones, obviously, eventually. But also laptops and any anything uh, anything that relies on Type C charging, essentially. All right, that's it for me, Will. I covered a lot, and I but I know you have something you want to talk about because um, just a just a quick one. Just a quick you have one. a quick one, okay? So, have you heard of a musical instrument instrument called a theremin? You know, when you say the word, I would my answer would be no. But maybe when you show me, I don't think so, actually. So I got into a rabbit hole last night um, of this musical instrument. It's a monophonic instrument, uh, which, I mean, it's it's made in Russia. And it's pretty new. It's it's developed like 100 years ago. 100 years is new to you, Will? How dare you? Compared to other instruments. Gotcha. But... It's an instrument that you play without even touching it. You hold your hand above it? Yes. Okay. So I'm just showing um, a YouTube video. Basically, it looks like a podium. And there's two rods that's connected on either side. One is a loop and one is like a pole. (laughs) Oh, man. Hold on. Hold on. And basically, this guy, he's just standing in front of this podium and he's directing his hands um, to make noises. It's so weird. It's like he's playing a missing instrument, an invisible instrument that's there. But it looks a lot like playing maybe a string instrument or a... It's very cool. 7.6 million views. Yeah. Theremin. Willie do. Going deep. Uh, I got an update from Jack here. He says Jimmy Page would use this for his solo in rock and roll. So, a little... Yeah. 
It's, it's, uh, I mean, obviously, if this came out in the tw in 1920, as the Wikipedia article said, yep, then that would have been so magical at that moment. Imagine people playing this instrument back then, and then without touching it. I'm just gonna skip to. But she explains, like in this YouTube video, she explains how um, she plays it. But. Yeah, so this is how I measure all the whole range. But it's all about distance. Yeah. It creates volume, it creates different tones. She's disrupting some sort of a frequency, some, some sort of a transmission. She's disrupting with the presence of her hand. And it's very, it's surprisingly precision. Like when you see her shifting between octaves, it's incredible, almost magical. Oh my God, that is so freaky to look at. I don't know how to feel right now. Mm -hmm. It's like air guitar, except it's, it's it, actually yeah, working. It kind of is, yeah. yeah. Now, in the past, so I've had some keyboards and synthesizers in the past, and I think I had something called a Roland V-Synth at one time, which had this, like, beam section where you could hold your hand over the top of it and, if, and, and control certain effects without touching. V-Synth, yeah, that right there. Over on the le top left-hand corner there. This one? Yeah, see how there's like that target-looking thing in the top left corner? Oh, they still make this, by the way. Anyhow, yeah, so, and it was controlled by hand proximity, but it was far more basic, I believe. You could just control certain aspects. I guess you could map that to a number of different effects elements, but then you would control the amount, mostly. Maybe the maybe also the octave. I can't remember, but you would hold your hand over top of it. So, kind of like a modernized, a more rudimentary but modernized version of the thing we were just looking at. I'm amazed at how sophisticated the one you just showed me is, considering when it was invented. There's probably just a handful of people who are experts at playing something like this because it's so mm -hmm. unusual. Yeah. You know, you don't imagine you show up to music lessons. You're like, I'm here to learn the theremin. Your teacher is like, geez, <laughs> you're a, you're a handful. You're a problem. Yeah. It's, it's weird because it's like, what, what's the music sheet for it? Is it like I don't hand know. signs or something? I don't, I mean, well, I mean, it would be notes like anything else, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you play it like a trombone. A trombone. Yeah, that's true. It's just finding the, the range of it. You're not holding anything, so. Yeah, I think this, the, his left hand is the volume and his right hand is the pitch. Yeah, I mean, it's wild. It's cool. It, you can miss though. You can miss like it's very precision based. You can is, miss yeah. the note you're looking for easily, like like a string instrument without frets, like a like a harp or something, or not a harp, uh, a a, a cello. Yeah. A cello is what I was looking for. There's no frets. 
You can miss your spot. Anyway, that's amazing. Willie do diving deep into the internet. He's in there. He lives there. He's in the internet. Very cool. Theremin. I mean, you wouldn't, you're watching him through the internet right now. So mm -hmm. you just, Willie do. He's living in there. Life. Living life. Living the life of a man in the world. Well said. Yeah. That's Willie do for you. Do you have any questions for us today, yep. sir? Hello from the Faroe Islands. Wow. That is a little place. What, in your opinion, is the greatest tech invention ever made and why? All the best. Oh, I've been asked this question before. It's so hard. I go back and forth. I really do. I mean, how far back do you want to go? Do you want to talk about the automobile? You know, do you want to... Do you want, yeah, do you want to talk about the printing? I mean, how philosophical? I don't think he's asking the question in that framework. I think he's talking more modern times, our, our vision of tech now. And even there, I have problems where I go between, like, I don't think the iPhone happens without the Walkman. Right. It's, which is a weird gap because, and the reason I say that is because I don't think the iPod happens without the Walkman. I'm a big, so, it, and it's like all of these steps along the way, it's like, which is the most disruptive, but then also which one for its time was the most like, was the most difficult to achieve. It's like a lot of ways to look at this. In my lifetime, it's just hard to go against the iPhone. It's hard to not say the iPhone because... It's just the impact, the lasting impact, the way that it has altered and shifted all of our existences. Now, you could say smartphone. You don't have to say iPhone, but it's really the original iPhone that led to our modern version of what, an, of what a smartphone is. Uh, because before that, and I've said this before, I mean, it was like Blackberries and the Palm Treo and no real comprehensive app stores and terrible cameras and it just the, the the screens didn't operate in the same fashion when you first felt the capacitive touchscreen on the original iphone you were like oh everything's about to change okay cool everything is different now like we have to reconfigure our brains to deal with the implications of this new technology and the fact that we're always going to be connected now and that we're always going to have a responsive web browser full full-fledged web browser like when you, when we first saw Pinch to Zoom, it was like, uh, uh, that's how it's going to work. That's how you're going to have the web in your pocket. Connectivity, like full on connectivity, not just a phone call, not just a message, but like everything that's on the internet in your pocket. So I just, I feel like if you're looking for a very specific product, I'm going to go with the iPhone, though a lot of other products to me are significant. Nintendo, the Walkman. I have a thing for some of those early Japanese gadgets that were weird and precursors to the smartphone, in my opinion. But this one here, just it just disrupted everything. It's hard to, to think about. You know, we're on the cusp right now of the Raptors going to the NBA Finals. And it's the first team since 93 when the Blue Jays did it here in Toronto. It's a very rare thing. And I'm sitting there, I'm looking at the date, and I'm realizing how much time has passed. I was a kid when that happened. And you're talking about, what, like 30 years ago, almost, something like this. 
And then you look at this iPhone announcement, you try to think about when the next announcement is going to happen on the same scale as this iPhone. You try to imagine what is that product going to be that's going to carry with it similar implications now that we can look back in retrospect. What is that thing that's going to be so substantial and shift our culture in the same direction that the smartphone has? It's, uh, it's, it's really hard to envision. Some might say the electric or autonomous vehicle. I mean, Elon Musk gets up on stage just like Steve Jobs did here, and he walks around and tells you about how he's saving the planet and all the rest of it. And the electric vehicle, obviously very innovative, very cool, obviously disruptive as well, could change the the landscape in in many different ways employment landscape uh how safe the roads are with autonomous driving the planet from an environmental perspective depending on where you stand on that he's even yeah he's working on the shingles for the house the roof the solar roof a new type of solar panel it's uh it remains to be seen it's hard it's easier to look back and see those things and know because what was special about the mobile device, the smartphone, was that it was such a it had such a behavioral component to it, a behavioral change component, which then had this uh, maybe unexpected cultural impact. Like I remember hearing or reading something about how Steve Jobs always wanted to view the phone as a tool, an extension something working for the human so that the human interact interacting with it could get their thing done more effectively and then move on with life. Like apparently his position wasn't that you should be staring at this thing and addicted to it and on it all day. So maybe even the creator behind it couldn't necessarily or didn't or didn't want to necessarily envision the future in which the smartphone has granted us. Now I'm not being uh, I'm not uh, being pessimistic here. I think human beings will figure a lot of things out. Uh, so I'm not saying that it's it's a it's had a negative impact. I don't think that at all. It's connected a lot of people. It's changed the world in many positive ways. But it's like it was just such a shift, seismic shift. Always on connected humans, effectively changed our network as people as nodes in a giant network. And what is the next item that could potentially do the same thing? I don't think it's actually the electric car. I think it's probably some sort of bionic thing, some sort of, you talked about an implant in a previous video. Maybe it's this idea of the thing that the smartphone is without the phone, that level of connectivity. I'm scared of it. Or maybe it's an AI. Maybe it's when we get to this place of, of, of AI assuming enough human tasks where we can really shut ourselves off to a great degree and focus on other things. Maybe it's somewhere in that department. But anyhow, up until this point, based on my lifespan and the way that I'm interpreting the question, I'm going to go with this device right here. What's the story behind later? He says, dumb question. She, Connie, she says, dumb question, but what's the story behind later? I guess she, she means the name of the channel, Lou, later. And since they started it, what do you think about Filipinos and the Philippines? We're everywhere, especially in Canada. They started what? 
Oh, since they started. I see. Yeah. We're everywhere, especially in Canada. I have lots of Filipino friends. Love Filipinos. I eat the food. Uh, what is it? Kare uh, kare. I eat that. Mm-hmm. Look it up, Will. I, th- I don't know if I said that right. I don't right. even know how you spell it. Is that the peanut butter thing? Look that up. Put Type Filipino food kare kare. Let me see if it is what I think it is. Yeah, it has the peanut butter on it, right? Sautéed string. No? Did I have the wrong one? Peanut-based sauce. Yes. Okay? So don't tell me, man, what I know. Don't tell me. These guys were yelling at me with their eyes over there like, oh, here he goes again. You know what he's talking about. I know what I'm talking about, okay? I'm eating this stuff. Uh, uh, Traditional Filipino oxtail stew. So I'll I'll give a shout-out to my first ever Filipino friend, Kyle Cruz. Um... He, uh, yeah, he introduced me to this stuff. And I love Filipino people. It was a great time. Never been there. Apparently, there's a beef between Canada and the Philippines right now because they're trying to send the garbage back. It's a whole, yeah. it's a whole nightmare. So anyway, but yeah, I love Filipino people. Uh, the story behind Later. Later is indicative of just uh, I, I, the idea that you'll do something later, the idea of procrastination. Uh, not so much that like a lot of people interpret it like late night Lou, like some sort of a, cause it's a talk show. But really what it is, is before this channel became the, this podcast show that we're doing, I put music on here and I had always wanted to do music in some way or like experiment with it. I had done it a lot when I was younger and then I got into this channel, life happened Things changed and I and I didn't do as much of it. And so then I would treat music as a thing that I would do later. You see? And I had a history, in general, my personality, a history of procrastination. And kind of the procrastination that anybody who's creative about anything probably has, which is the idea that there's going to be time to do it later. Because it's never imperative that you do the thing or make the thing. You don't have to. No one's forcing you. And so the concept of later is like all those things in your life that you say that you'll do later that you could do now. And so when I started the music channel, it was obvious that that was the thing I was putting off doing later. But then it became this because I knew I wanted to progress to some other type of show here on YouTube beyond just what was happening with Unbox Therapy. So this show became the later thing. And then it also helped that I could get Lou later on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Like it was an available name as well. So you got to check that out. You got to wherever that, whenever that's possible. And it just had a little little ring to it. LL, you know, LL Cool J, Lou later, whatever. It's uh, hopefully there's an, a little ins- uh, inspirational piece in there of like you can glance at that and you can take your very own later. And turn it into a now. You see that? This I didn't I didn't set this up. I didn't put that question there. I didn't set out to have a little motivational element here. But now I'm saying take your later and make it now. What am I doing? Is it t-shirts? What is this? A little thing you put on the wall? Yep. Wow. Never expected to get there. But on in all seriousness, you should do that. Go ahead. What do you got next, Luke? Okay. Hey. If you could be proud of one accomplishment between now and next year, what would it be? So this is something I haven't done yet. An accomplishment I'm, 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 I'm forecasting that may, may or may not happen 
in the next year. But I would be happy if it did. Oh, man. Uh, whew, how personal are we going to get? Let's keep it related to YouTube. I would say I would want this channel here to be successful. This new Lou Later channel. Really appreciate all the feedback from everyone. The questions, the comments on this channel. It's also fresh. Really appreciate everyone who's here. Uh, it's already had had some degree of success. It's kind of surprising. People are watching videos. I really appreciate it. Willie do really appreciate it. Really appreciates it. Maybe we can uh, get a million subscribers here on this channel. What do you say? In a year, we'll we'll aim for that. Could that be cool? I mean, you have to be one of them. I have to subscribe. Will would have to subscribe. <laughs> a lot of people ask about that. He runs an incognito window for the show, okay? Jeez, two plus two equals seven. Come on now. Anyhow, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, we can just keep doing this. It's fun to do, and uh, and you guys can keep watching it and enjoying it, and maybe that'll all work out. Let's 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 put our target on this channel here, since we are on this channel. Maybe a million subscribers. Then we'd be real, like Pinocchio. I mean, it's perfectly fine right now. Let's. This is cool too. This is as cool as you need it to be. But anyway, you asked me for a goal, so we'll go with that. Lou, Lou later, less later. What a time to be alive. Willie Do is a man on planet Earth living a life every day. Wakes up in the morning. He heads over. He makes a tea, not a coffee. Get it straight, okay? He makes a tea, a hot tea. He's congested most of the time, so am I. We share that. He takes uh, Otis to the park, to the dog park. So mm -hmm. much energy. Otis, uh, one year, one year old. He's still a youngster, so a lot of energy there. And uh, I'm the same. I'm a guy living a life as well. And all of you, you're guys and girls, and you're living, you're living your own lives. And now through this show, we're living those lives together. There's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to tackle. There's a lot to tackle, and I just hope that we can keep tackling. Go Raptors.